the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's say good uh, afternoon to the congressman. Congressman uh, French Hill is with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And congressman, before I get started, last night the president had his kickoff uh, for re-election in Orlando. A huge crowd. Let me just ask, does it, does it strike you as peculiar that the media and everybody keeps talking about how the president is trailing in the polls and when the the number one Democrat right now, Biden, has a, 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 a draw for people to come out and hear him speak, they may get 600 people. The president shows up and they get 100,000 people wanting to hear what the man has to say. Well, look, it was an incredible crowd. I spoke to Congressman Ted Yoho this morning, who was there last night, who just reported it was jammed and people outside watching it on TVs outside the arena. You identify this uh, situation perfectly. A couple of comments. I've been involved around politics, not as an elected person, but as a volunteer and friend and campaign worker for over 40 years now. Think of any political person who works so hard to get a crowd and, uh, you know, getting a crowd of a thousand is considered a huge victory in yeah. most campaign activities, and here you have tens of thousands. That's point one. Point two is, I think this polling is misleading to people. I don't think people know who the likely voters are in 2020. So I think a lot of these uh, early polls are just simply polls of registered voters. They're going to be much more um, middle of the road and not show the enthusiasm situation uh, very well with either party. Uh, So I don't trust polls this early in the game, but I think from the data I've seen in Florida, that's why President Trump, I think, chose Florida as his kickoff. I think he's in a very strong position in one of the most important states for next year. I I think that you're right, and uh, I'm, I'm not at all worried. By the way, speaking about polls, here's an interesting for you. Yesterday in the Dem Gas they talked about when Bush uh, Sr. ran uh, after Reagan, right after the uh, conventions were over, George Bush trailed Michael Dukakis by 17 points, but won with over, uh, like, I forget how many electoral votes he had. He had a, he had a bunch more. I think Dukakis had, like, uh, 101. <laughs> so he... He didn't even have a chance. He got his he got his butt kicked, and that makes me look at at polls and 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 I keep telling people don't pay any attention right now. They mean nothing. No, it's all about um, the turnout of the likely voters, and I saw that uh, this year in the off year election of 2018, we had historic turnout. Uh, in 2018 at presidential levels. And it was the largest off-year election since 1914. Now think about that. That's a huge statement. 
So Americans got out and voted in 2018. What we noticed in Arkansas was uh, were uh, Democratic Party members energized? Did they turn out to vote? Yeah, sure did. But guess what? Republicans did too, even more so. So this is why it's real hard to project that until we get closer to the the time frame. And I, and I, I believe we'll see uh, Joe Biden may look popular now, but Joe Biden is not in step with any of no. these activist uh, Democratic Party people. Uh, therefore, positions that are far to the left of positions that uh, Vice President Biden has taken. So I think it'll make for a very interesting next few months. All right. Well, let's talk about things that are news right now. Next week, G20 gets underway in Osaka. Uh, from what I've been able to read out of the press, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like the president is going to meet with the uh, premier of China before they get to Osaka. Is that true? Uh, I know that they've definitely agreed to time together. I'm not sure I've read specifically if it's before, during, or after. But it is a sign that uh, these leaders recognize the importance of the relationship between China and the United States, not only for each other and for our economies, but as an impact around the world to the two biggest economies. Um, fighting is not a productive thing long run. And I think President Trump has done a good job outlining the very specific bad policies China has pursued for 20 years uh, without reform. And President Trump's committed to try to get those reforms. Those reforms not only benefit America, America farmers, American manufacturers, but it'll benefit European manufacturers and Japanese manufacturers. So this is a big deal. And I hope they make progress I'm focused on them continuing the talks and agreeing to structural changes that remove non-tariff barriers in China to foreign exports uh, or foreign imports, I should say, from America and even from other countries. We need them to participate more fairly in the international trade system. You shared some uh, statistics with me uh, about uh, we stand in in a real strong position You said uh, reaching a trade deal with China will take more than U.S. working by themselves. We need the support of Japan. We need the support of the European Union. And the reason for that is, is together, the EU, America, and Japan make up 35% of the two-way trade with China. That's a pretty good punch that we carry. Oh, it's huge. And remember, that is two-way trade, so coming and going. That's why it makes it so powerful. And I've heard from my Democratic friends here, including this morning, Fred Berkston, the longtime uh, center-left commentator on all things uh, economic today in our committee, said that, you know, we're not cooperating with uh, the EU and Japan. And, you know, that's just not true. We are negotiating trade issues with them. That's true. But behind the scenes, the EU and Japan are in lockstep with us pressing China for these changes diplomatically and economically, because they really do benefit. Uh, Do I think it would be better if President Trump were more maybe out front in public on that routinely so the Americans recognize that the EU, the UK, and Japan back us in this more openly? Yeah, I think that'd be ideal. But we know diplomatically how strong Japan stands with us, and they're so proud that President Trump's the first president in years 
to stand up to what uh, China is doing over in the South and North Asia area. We got to get a break in here, Congressman. We'll come back. We'll uh, finish up our conversation. I'd like to ask you some questions about Iran, if you don't mind. And then let's talk about immigration, because the bottom line is this. We got a mess on the southern border. We'll talk about it when we return. All right. Joe and Duck are with us next hour, and they'll be talking cars, of course. But right now, Congressman French Hill joins us live from Washington, D.C. Let's talk about Iran. They bombed a couple of ships. We know that. Pompeo, we played his press uh, uh, time uh, yesterday and what they uh, talked about that Iran has done. I mean, is Iran crazy? Do they want to push us into a conflict? I think that they're going to lose big if they do. Dave, I think what they're doing uh, in this maximum pressure campaign, since we've reasserted sanctions and we've put sanctions on companies that do business in Iran, they are really feeling this economic push and crunch. This is what brought them to the negotiating table previously. Here, they're trying to separate America from our allies. Uh, in the P5 group of companies that worked on that agreement. They're trying to have a break there. But look, the Germans and the English, they know that Iran has violated the JCPOA. They haven't kept the JCPOA. We thought it was a weak agreement. Uh, Many of us thought there were ways to improve it. That's what President Trump's policy is. So what Iran is doing is strategically demonstrating their military capacity by pipeline disruption over on the border of Saudi Arabia, the Gulf uh, of Oman and uh, Straits of Hormuz meddling with the shipping lanes. They're demonstrating they can reach out and disrupt uh, oil transshipment, either by pipeline or by ship. But if you note, they're strategically picking who they're attacking. Oh, yeah. They're not directly a European. They're not a German. They're not an American. Uh, so this one ship was from Norway, European country, but not a member of the EU. So I think they're being very strategic in what they're doing to try to ramp up uh, pressure as their own economic conditions weaken, their own political position in the country weakens. But let's be clear what the objective is here. Not war, not armed conflict but to bring Iran back to the table and talk about ballistic missiles, talk about eliminating their nuclear weapons program, not delaying it, which is what John Kerry uh, did. What about Kerry? I mean, he gets over there and tries to undercut the president in Iran. Is, uh, isn't that illegal? Well, um, You know, there may be some technical aspect that it is. I think John Kerry's desperate to try to be relevant on the world stage. He spent his entire life uh, being in the limelight from the time he protested the Vietnam War to the time he's been in in the Senate marrying a former senator's spouse, uh, widow. Uh, He just can't step off the stage. And it's uh, that's what I think John Kerry's problem is. He's not going to solve these problems. He's not in government. He doesn't carry. He doesn't speak for the United States. And he just needs to go quietly into retirement. Yeah, I would go along with that. It wouldn't bother me not to see him ever again, to be honest with you. I didn't like him when he was involved with the Winter Soldier movement. Last but not least, immigration. Uh, The president has been trying to do some things. The Democrats have been, other than causing 
crazy and making crazy statements like AOC saying that what we do on the border of Mexico is equivalent to what the Nazis did in the Holocaust with the concentration camps. Not much positive coming from the Democrats. Well, we had a motion on the floor today for uh, supplemental uh, assistance for humanitarian appropriations today. Only seven Democrats voted with all the Republicans to support it. Uh, They are not delivering on the needs for the southwest border as it relates to border security or the humanitarian crisis down there. Comments like that of the freshman congresswoman uh, from Ocasio-Cortez are simply disgraceful. They insult the process. They insult the men and women in blue and green uniforms protecting our border, saving lives on our border, nurturing those who've come across the border and trying to protect their interests while we determine uh, what to do with them. We're trying to care for them. I've been in those facilities. I've been with Catholic Charities on the border. And uh, her comments are, as I say, disgraceful. And they're also insulting to the legacy of horror uh, left over from the Nazis. Uh, so uh, what we need is Nancy Pelosi to support supplemental appropriations uh, to support the humanitarian money we need to back up the Border Patrol and the uh, Customs Enforcement Group on the border and make sure these people are taken care of while we, dis- uh, in, a pa- in a compassionate way, uh, get their cases resolved. Now, let me uh, share with my listeners some statistics that Uh, Steve Smith sent to us, and he says that uh, we're still experiencing an overwhelming flood of migrants at the southern border, more than 140,000 arriving last month. More than 675,000 migrants have been apprehended or deemed inadmissible at the southern border so far this fiscal year. That's nearly double the number seen during the same period last year, and the Border Patrol apprehensions have skyrocketed with more than 132,000 immigrants uh, or migrants apprehended at the border in May alone. This is crazy, Congressman. It can't go on. No, and as you know, Dave, to put those numbers in perspective, uh, on an annual basis, we admit legally into the United States about 1.1 million people a year who've waited in line, who are working here who have some legal uh, rationale for coming in the United States, and we do that happily. We need them in the workforce. We need them in our families. Uh, But this tells you that we're going to have almost over – I easily predict that there will be over a million people uh, who have entered the country illegally this year uh, that are in some stage of being uh, held for a hearing or deported. And this is why the president has uh, been fortunately – successful in getting Mexico's attention and now Guatemala's attention on handling this whole migration thing in a much better way uh, by joining us in the enforcement of the southern border of Mexico, northern border of Guatemala, and dealing with this in Central America instead of dealing with it up on the southwest border of the United States. What are the chances that there's going to be a, a good way of handling this. We know the corruption in Mexico. We definitely know the corruption down in Guatemala. Are they really, you think, going to get on the train here and, and get some things fixed? Well, actually, we're trying to get them off the train. That's the problem is we've got too many caravans coming on the train. But uh, seriously, uh, look, Mexico has deported over 100,000 Central Americans this year alone, too, back to their native countries. Mexico has granted asylum to about 25% of the people who've entered their southern border. 
Um, we need coordination. We need effectiveness. I think President, uh, the president there is cooperating with our president. That's encouraging. And the Homeland Security Acting Secretary was down in uh, Guatemala uh, just two weeks ago and arranged for additional border security training. And I think we have 49 uh, Border Patrol agents uh, down on the Guatemala border training and interdicting and working with their border patrol to try to improve it. So uh, to solve it, what do we need? We need uh, a legal, uh, non-cartel-based sector in Mexico, and we need economic opportunity in El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. And as you know, we've been going through really a failed state Mm -hmm. in El Salvador and in Honduras. And that has to improve. And we need, we can't do that. America can't do that by ourselves. We need the help of other Latin American countries and certainly the help of Mexico to try to improve that situation. Well, Congressman, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great evening there in D.C. Thanks, Dave. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Bye-bye now. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, we we got a lot of things to talk to him about in the future, more about the border the USMCA, that's the United States-Mexico-Canada Alliance, work on infrastructure, lowering the cost of prescription drugs. There's all those things to talk about. Not much to talk about, though, if we're not getting any help from the Democrats and Chairman Pelosi. Just the bottom line. A break. I'll be back with Joe and Duck when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.